Hello, welcome back to Courtney Watches Movies. It's the podcast in which I, the titular Courtney, review, analyze, and most likely overthink movies and the filmmakers who bring them to life. Thank you for listening today. I hope you're having a marvelous day. We're just going to get right into this because I have a lot of thoughts. You're probably not surprised to hear that. That's kind of my jam. We're talking about Blonde today. This is the new film out on Netflix. It is a alternative history type fictional retelling of the life of Marilyn Monroe. It is based on a novel by Joyce Carol Oates of the same name. Directed by Andrew Dominic, starring Ana de Armas, uh, Adrian Brody, Bobby Cannavale. I was just trying to think of all the all the different fun people in the movie. I saw a little Sarah Paxton cameo type role, which for people who are my age, I mean, she was in all she was in like the CW shows, right? And I thought for a second, oh my gosh, I recognize that girl. Anyway, I'm getting really off track. Sorry. So. This, okay, it's a little bit hard to know where to start. The movie starts when Marilyn was a child. And for those of you who don't know, Marilyn was born to a single mother who was very mentally unstable. In real life, she was passed around foster homes and did not have a pleasant upbringing, to put it mildly. In the movie... Her mom has told her repeatedly that her dad works in the movie industry, which I believe is true. I believe that did happen. I think her what the movie's implying is that her dad is Clark Gable, or at least her mom thinks her dad is, or her mom is lying that her dad is Clark Gable. I find that really far-fetched, but I guess you never know. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to call shenanigans on that one. But it starts when she was a child, and I'm I'm gonna tell you guys something. It is rough. The little girl I got to play young Marilyn is really, really talented. I almost wanted to turn the movie off. In fact, there were multiple times during this I would have turned it off were I not watching it specifically for the podcast, because it is it's a tough watch. But it starts when she's a little girl. Her mother's just very unstable, and she ends up in an, in an orphan's home and they don't go into huge detail about her her time it's only about a 10 minute a 10 minute sequence maybe but yeah she's she's placed I guess and I don't think she was ever fully adopted because it was a situation where she'd go back and forth with her mom you know but I might be thinking in, in terms of Marilyn's real life and I gotta remember this is a fictionalized retelling but it starts, her adult years start when she is in Hollywood. Uh, she started as a glamour model and kind of worked her way up. A lot of really rough things happened to her. It's it's a really tough watch. It's also not exactly in, it's not a straight narrative. Even though the events, I believe, are in sequential order, it's it's more of a fever dream horror show than any kind of straight retelling. And make no mistake, this, to me, this is a horror film. There's no other way of describing it. It is horrifying. 
to watch all that, that happened to her and just on her journey to the top. And again, some of this is fictionalized, but a lot of it, it was real. She had a very, very rough come up in, in her journey. And a lot of it is deeply unpleasant to watch. A, a big theme in the movie and a, a big theme in Marilyn's life was the idea of, of having children. She was never able to successfully carry a child to term. She had multiple abortions. She had multiple miscarriages. And this movie does not shy away, which I think is pretty brave, but it doesn't shy away from how tough that is on a person and the toll that it takes on you. But I do feel I have to address the elephant in the room here. This is rated NC-17. And if you're hoping that it's rated that for some kind of titillating reason or something sexy, you are going to be very mistaken. It is graphic violence. Graphic violence. I Like I said, I wanted to turn it off multiple times. I... I'm having a very hard time picturing, just in, in, of people that I know in my real life, I'm having a very hard time picturing who I know that would enjoy this. Even though it's technically well done and Ana de Armas does a really good job, like you could tell she's leaving it all in the field and throwing it all out there, which I think is cool. I like when actors do that. She's giving it her all. Uh, it's not pleasant. It's not... A particularly fun way to spend almost three hours and it's a rough watch you know it covers her two of her marriages it doesn't at all reference her first marriage when she was younger before she was famous to uh like a military man well he ended up going to the military and that's why they got a divorce but it does address her marriage to joe dimaggio and arthur miller to two interesting characters in and of themselves, Joe DiMaggio is an American hero. Baseball player Arthur Miller is a very celebrated fancy playwright. And it does dive into those two, but it's not... I, I, I'm trying to figure out the right way to explain this. Scenes don't have firm transitions in this movie. So, for instance, when her marriage to Arthur Miller ends, you don't really know that. In terms of it's not put on screen that they officially separated. They officially, you almost have to be somewhat familiar with Marilyn's history or just be willing to be a little bit lost. And so it's not the easiest, it's not the easiest film to follow, but I also don't think that's the point of the film. And make no mistake, there is not maybe there's a couple of scenes, but almost every frame of this movie is frightening. It's a frightening, slow-moving horror film, and it's all about how Hollywood just ate this woman up and spit her out, and how she was used by so many different people in her life. And just like Elvis, which came out a few months ago, right? It, there is a lot there about how for so many years and possibly even to this day I would hope not because we know better but for many years celebrities man if they were commodities they were just shot up with whatever drug 
their doctors could could muster up it's it's mind-boggling it's mind-boggling to watch people like elvis or marilyn monroe these giant american figures just sit there and have the the people who allegedly care about them sit there while they're shot up with god knows what to get them to go to sleep or wake up or behave and unfortunately that's that's all very real so a lot of the movie is exaggerated slash completely made up, but I, again, I think the point is the spirit of it and the, it's, okay, I, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a bind here. I'm in a quandary because I do think it's artistically very well done and everybody performance-wise was bringing their A game, but it's really hard to watch and I have a moral dilemma with continuing to profit off of Marilyn's unfathomably tragic life and her early death. And I know it's ironic that I'm recording this about it, right? But this is just hard to watch. It's hard to watch and there's a part of me that's like, when are we going to let this woman go? She's been, she died years ago, decades ago, much longer, much longer ago than her life was. And what concerns me with her, with Elvis, with James Dean to a degree, uh, Kurt Cobain, anybody kind of in that 27 club, it, I'm concerned about the psychological implications behind our cultural fixation on people who didn't even make it to 40 or in some cases I mean I think Elvis did maybe maybe a couple years past 40 but my point remains the same was Marilyn talented yeah I think she was a good actress and the ironic part about all of this is oh I would venture to guess that a lot of people who just know her for her aesthetic of the blonde hair and the red lip and the beauty mark. A lot of these people with just look at the posters and I don't know that they've ever seen a performance of hers because that's just, I don't think watching movies that are that old is as popular as it used to be. And that's kind of the ironic part that she's this figure, this icon. And I'm going, do you guys even know about her? her art that she put out there. I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a gatekeeper, but I'm just saying, I do think that the hype around her has transcended her performances. And again, I believe she did a good job. She's great in a lot of movies. Where I take issue is there's a lot of her contemporaries that were working who were also really talented and very pretty or very good looking. And they are not they're not venerated in the same way. And actually a perfect example of that is her co-star in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Jane Russell. Jane Russell was very popular in her day. She had, she, similar to Marilyn, she had ridiculous proportions that are not found in the average woman. She was very pretty. She, she also turned in good performances. Also, unfortunately, struggled to through with infertility due to a botched abortion when she was younger and totally 
totally took that and, and made it into her cause in life, you know, uh, disadvantaged kids. She really poured her frustration with that into her charity work. And so my point is they have similar stories, but what did Jane Russell become that Marilyn didn't get a chance to become? She became a great grandmother. And what do I mean by that? She lived long enough to meet her great grandchildren. And I know that that's, that might not be sexy in the world's determination of what's attractive, but I'll bet she was far more fulfilled than, than Marilyn was. And that's really the ultimate thing. It's weird because it feels like this movie is genuinely trying to say, quit looking at her, look over here, quit looking at her, look over here, quit looking at her, you know, and I'm just, I'm a little bit confused about if the message totally lands, because I definitely think the movie, the director, the creative team, they're trying to say, look how horribly this woman's life went. Look how badly she was treated. Look how wrecked by mental illness she was. Although I have to say, I don't know that that was her destiny. I think a lot of her imbalances, psychological imbalances came from the drugs and from repeated trauma. I don't think it was like necessarily an inborn genetic thing. Now, considering her mother's struggles, maybe, but I think there's a very good chance that had Norma Jean maybe just stayed married to her first husband and from, from normal life and not become Marilyn Monroe, there's a very good chance she could have met her great-grandchildren. You know what I mean? Now, it's not really, there's no use in speculating like that, but my point is, I don't know that I agree with this movie's messaging and shocking imagery of how terrifying her life was. And then turning around and still profiting off of making a movie about her image. It just seems, it does come across as slightly hypocritical and inconsistent in terms of ethical choices. But nevertheless, I'm going to have to just, my instinct is just override those feelings in terms of, in favor of how well done it is. And in that case, it is. The only thing I want to say, now Ana de Armas, she does do a really good job. And especially in the crying scenes, because now this is true. Marilyn was extremely emotional, especially toward the end of her life. She was very emotional and had a lot of outbursts, again, probably due to the drugs. But she's really good in those scenes. A lot a lot of chatter before the movie came out was about her accent. So Ana de Armas is from Cuba. And Marilyn Monroe had a very, very specific way of speaking. And it wasn't even... So somewhere... I'll have to try to find it. Somewhere I've heard a recording of Marilyn speaking when she was not in character as Marilyn Monroe. And it literally sounds like a different person. So the Marilyn Monroe voice was a was an act. And the movie does not shy away from the fact that her persona was not her at all. But in real life, she didn't sound like that all the time. 
that sort of happy birthday, Mr. President. Yeah, I can't even do it. So I don't think that I don't think that Anna de Armas does a great job in terms of sometimes she's you just hear her real accent. You know what I mean? And I think that's really risky when you're portraying a real figure in history of whom thousands of hours of footage exist. That's risky. It's risky because a lot of us know what Marilyn sounded like and just the way that Americans hit the end of certain words, uh, just our sounds are just different than a lot of people. And sometimes, especially at the end of words, I did feel like she still, Anna Darmer still sounded like herself. Now, the whole, the heart of the movie is about Marilyn's desire to know her father. And it's really sad to watch her go on this horror show of a journey of, of, of rattling through Hollywood and barreling through fame and growing in notoriety and infamy and the whole time ultimately she just wants her father's love she calls both of her husbands she calls her her manager all of them she calls them daddy and the the implications of it are are just really alarming and disturbing and i have no doubt there's truth to it y you know to, to be born to a the kind of mom that she had and I know again this is a, this is a fictionalized movie but her life was really horrible in real life so to be born to the kind of unhinged unwell mother and to not even know who your dad is and to have your mom constantly reaffirming throughout your childhood how great your dad is even though you've never even laid eyes on him, that's confusing. And it leads to a very maladjusted adulthood, which is clear. The whole, the whole movie is very alarming. It's very disturbing. I honestly feel really kind of gross. I, I, I kind of feel like I want to shower. Like I don't, I'm a little bit annoyed with the creative team for even making the movie because it's like, can she ever be dead? But at the same time, I think they want you to have that feeling because it, it reinforces their point. Which this is just like inception here, isn't it? It is. But it ends. And there, there are certain things that I knew just from, I've read a couple biographies of her in the past. And I'm just, I just like her, you know, so and I just like old Hollywood. I'm just a kind of a buff of that. So there's a couple of things that I knew were wrong. Like for instance, it ends with her death and it's broad daylight outside. And Marilyn was discovered at like three in the morning, really? Well, and then you, I mean, allegedly, right? We go into the whole conspiracies of like, oh, the Kennedys have her killed. And it does touch on her her affair with JFK in a super upsetting scene. Just super gross. It's just gross to watch somebody be used for three hours 
and to be totally guilt-ridden and it's just so sad there's a scene where she talks to her one of her dead babies like I don't know guys it's just I'm gonna I am gonna give it an 8 out of 10 purely for execution but at the same time I wouldn't recommend this to 99% of the people I know it is not a crowd pleaser to put it mildly it is a it's graphic very famously uh Netflix's first NC-17 rated film, which is not like a great honor, but this is not for everyone. And I don't know which ones yet, but I, just because I'm feeling compelled to, I'm gonna look for charities or nonprofits that go toward disadvantaged or foster children because I've been really disturbed by this and I'll, I'll link them below because one thing that this did do was like re reinforce to me that there are a lot of kids who are suffering tremendously and unfortunately they grow into adults that even even if they're not famous they're not infamous whatever a lot of the time it just doesn't end well and it's given me a lot to think about but as i said this isn't for everybody i don't recommend it to everybody i recommend it to almost nobody but i'm still giving it an 8 out of 10 on a pure artistic expression level but i don't i will not be watching this again i don't want to watch it again and save the children, I guess. I got nothing else. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening.